Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. I am Shu Hardy, joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, we've seen the final round of the Six Nations, you know, a historic win for Italy against Wales. The Grand Slam has been won by France and the Triple Crown won by Ireland, as well as all the MLR action, as well as SLAR action as well. Gotta say, it's been a pretty intense weekend for rugby, don't you agree? Okay, let's be honest. How are you feeling about that uh, that Wales loss? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, man. That's uh, hey, the hey. Uh, uh, obviously, a historic result for Italy. That was great. Th- great to see. Yeah, so obviously a huge try at the death for Italy. So, I mean, pretty exciting game. And, you know, nice to see them pick up their first Six Nation W in, uh, was it, 36 games? Yeah, like seven years or something. Yeah, and all, all yeah, t- a long time yeah. coming. Yeah, uh, it was. So, uh, yeah, no, fascinating. So it's uh, good for them, man. I think everyone's just, uh, you know, kind of happy that that's that they finally they finally got a win. They, uh, they kind of deserve one at this point. Yeah, and congratulations, obviously, going to France, finally getting the Grand Slam. They've looked like the uh, team to beat for probably pretty much since their exit from the 2019 Rugby World Cup. And now they've finally been able to like just piece everything together instead of you know conceding games against Scotland or England. Uh, they've finally been able to do it. And, of course, it went under the radar by Ireland. Um, having beaten Wales, uh, Scotland, and Ireland, um, not Ireland, uh, England, <laughs> were able to claim the triple crown as well. So, you know, uh, trophies honest, all around. Fran- the only thing that matters from the Six Nations is that France went undefeated and looks amazing, and Italy beat Wales. That's all, that's all anyone's going to remember from this. Apparently, the French team have already lost the Six Nations trophy in the Seine River. So Good. Good party. That's that's a good sign. That's good. Yeah. That was uh, I think the uh, one of the old school like 1920s Ottawa Senators team did that. They lost the cup in the Rideau Canal and had to go like fishing for it the next night. They did find it though. So yeah, that, that's the that, thing. That's only... just the sign of a good of a good night out after. I suppose so. But yeah. If well, honestly, if your trophy isn't lost or damaged, you didn't party hard enough for winning a major sporting championship. Well, that's hoping that the Six Nations have a replica trophy on standby just in case to, if this rumor does prove to be true. But we've talked enough about Europe. Let's focus now on North America because we have had round seven of Major League Rugby. And let's start off with the, we always start off with the Arrows game, but it's also the first game of a round as well held at the Comfortable time of 4.30 p.m. And it was hosted by the Utah Warriors. And, you know, last time Toronto went to Utah, it was the second round of last year's season. And, you know, the Warriors definitely uh, put the arrows to the sword on that one. This time around, uh, the arrows were the first to score, getting that uh, try and conversion uh, before Utah were able to fight back and get a penalty and then... Uh, great intercept. Uh, well, it wasn't really an intercept. It was more an opportunistic tackle that led to changing of possession. Mika Cruze pass off to Mikey Teo, and then at seven points under the post. Then you have the second half, and you know things start turning around. Brock Webster, fantastic performance, 
through the entire game, but obviously getting another try, making him the top try scorer of the Arrows season so far. And then, uh, you know, the tries just came coming in and coming in. And like, um, and then, you know, seven minutes later, you have Robinson Bartlett scoring his first try on uh, after coming into the squad from being released from the injury list. And then later on, you just have uh, Jack McRogers getting over, you know, getting the offload from Brock Webster, as I said, having a great game, um, to get the uh, bonus point try. And, you know, after Sam Malcolm had been hitting the uprights with two of his uh, conversions, Will Kelly from roughly the same spot was able to nail the conversion there. And then a few minutes later, in front of the post, Malcolm gets a penalty, takes Toronto to 27. Uh, so it's 27-10 at this point. Then things start to go wrong very quickly. So in the 72nd minute, Lamster was able to sneak through and get a try, which he then also converted. And then two minutes later, Burns was able to, funnily enough, burn uh, Toronto on the wing get another try and then Lauser hit the conversion again to make it 24-27 to make a very final five minutes um, while getting into Toronto territory uh, and you know just before the clock's about to go red they get the penalty and they say you know what they'd have um, kicked for the posts tied the game and then maybe gone again um, alternatively, and what actually happened was they opted for the scrum. Uh, they retained position, but then Toronto were able to force a knock-on, gather the ball, kick it into touch to make the final score. Utah 24, Toronto 27. Oh, there was a lot of things to have about this game. Uh, Derek, what were yours? Yeah, no, so obviously uh, this is a great game. Um, I'll kind of go with... It was a good um, the way I guess the way I watched this game was a little bit more interesting than the way I normally do it, um, just because. So we had for uh, the the Aussie Rules football team I play for, Toronto Dingles. We had our first training session this weekend, um, and that training session ended at three o'clock, and then we were going out to like our sponsors bar for like a night out after. Which was also hilarious because we had more TVs playing tape delayed um, AFL games than TVs that were on the Leaf game. Not really <laughs> sure how anybody else at the bar felt about it, but also with the way the Leafs played, uh, it, it was we were all better off for it, anyways. That but, is true. That is yeah. true. But either way, so because of that though, and there was a little bit of a time gap, the time gap, and I didn't want to go all the way back home, so I ended up watching the game at um, a friend's house. Um, with, I guess, you know, some sports fans that aren't necessarily into rugby. And I must say that is so much fun. Um, Everybody needs to do this. (laughs) Um, Just, it it actually is. Cause it's like, um, you know, even even like from just kind of turn it like, and uh, this was a great game to kind of, to to show too, because it ended up, uh, you know, obviously the, the arrows got out, the arrows played well, obviously. So good advertisement for the the hometown team. Um, But then obviously Utah, tried to make it pretty and in- made it pretty interesting at the end um so definitely kept everybody on the uh, the edge of the uh, edge of the couch for uh you know for the full 80 minutes but even it was just it was kind of fun to just you know see people 
that don't necessarily normally watch rugby reacting to rugby. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, a lot of like just the big hits and stuff in general, kind of getting a pretty nice pop. Um, Cause there were some good ones. Foley Foley had a couple really good ones. I think Tafaga had a couple like nice hits. Um, that one that you kind of alluded to that led to the, uh, the tail try from Lance Williams on Malcolm. That was a pretty solid hit. Um, so that was pretty good. Even just like the simple ones of just like, as soon as I turned the TV on, one of the first comments was just like, Oh my God, where is this? Because Zion's bank stadium is got to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that is, I think that's yeah. voted amongst even the players. It's the most yeah, that's, picturesque stadium. I, in I don't, in all honesty out of like, like I watch a lot of sports and I mean, just on TV, like, I don't know if there's a better looking stadium on TV. Like every like every angle, like because most stadiums, you just like anytime like the like the play is happening, it's like you just see seats and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe the camera pulls back and you can see like some of the surroundings. And I'm sure a lot of stadiums play in some very nice surroundings. But the way that this stadium is built where it's kind of got like the open parts and it's like as the camera turns and you're just like, oh, there's just a mount. You're in the middle of a mountain range. Yeah, um, that looks amazing on TV. So you kind of got that. Obviously, some of like the uh, the just some of the generic like shock at how big some of the players are, and also how fast some of those big players can actually move. Um, a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot of trying to uh, explain the rules and trying to figure out the best hockey or football or soccer analogy to make everything kind of try to translate the language and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, which which I mean, such as like. Uh, trying to explain why like Yuri Van Vuren got the yellow card just because the arrows were so close to scoring a try. And I was kind of like, it's kind of like hooking a guy on a breakaway or something. Right. Like, yeah, you know, trying to come up with all the, uh, all like the, the sport and then trying to explain that like the, you know, the yellow card is essentially yeah. a power play for like 10 go, minutes instead of two. Yeah, minutes. exactly. So it made it a lot of fun. Um, so it definitely made it a lot of fun to kind of watch the game. It's probably why, um, I was kind of focused on that. So there's a little bit less live tweeting and stuff on my end for this one, but um, definitely a good time. Hopefully we got a couple more new arrows fans. There was a, uh, there, there was some chatter after about trying to, you know, get out to a, uh, to one of the home games this year. So that's a uh, recruit people, everybody. Although Speaking not, of which yeah. there are still tickets for the uh, home opener on April 2nd. So yeah, I know that's when everyone, weeks. yeah, I recommend everyone oh. starts buying the tickets now. Cause I think it's going to be an amazing atmosphere when uh, the arrows finally, after over a thousand days return home to Toronto. Yeah, I know like that. Yeah. That's going to be phenomenal. And uh, yeah. And also like the same thing, man, like it kind of goes for like, I, I don't bring people that don't watch rugby or try to like, you know, if there's a rugby game on, or something like try to bring bring people to like Hemingway's during like Six Nations thing or whatever other bar is close to you during like the Six Nations or just you know if you're like at a friend's house or something and you're just hang or if you're like just hanging out with your roommates or whatever put like an MLR game on even if it even if it's not live like just the rugby networks awesome for that like all the replays I just noticed this today. I don't know how long it's been up there for, but they do have a tab for the entire 2021 season too. Um, so just kind of cycle through all like cycle through all that, pick some of the best games that you've seen and try to show people because the one thing it's like I got from like watching the game with some friends that don't normally watch rugby. Um, they were definitely having fun watching it. 
Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's obviously going to be the questions about the rules and stuff. Right. But like I said, like it kind of ended with like the, you know, the tentative, you know, Hey, like we should try to go out to like a home game this year or the, you know, the tenant of that. And like, they were definitely enjoying it. And um, so it was definitely, you know, it was obviously is, you know, it's a great sport. We all know that's a great sport. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows it's a great sport. All about like sharing it at this point. Anyways, onto the game itself. I could deal without Utah making this a little bit more interesting than they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that is what makes the game exciting. Sometimes that was a great game. Yeah. And that is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, whatever. The uh, you know, it's like it's against a Western conference team. It's not like that uh bonus point will come back to bite you or anything either, because it's <laughs> a Western conference team, so who cares? That is true, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, and okay, so oh lots of thoughts on this game. Um, crazy. Obviously, wind, wind was crazy. Yeah, that was a um, major factor for both. And sides. I know the wind was crazy because Sam Malcolm missed. Yeah. Twice. Which yeah. could only mean that there was like some Greek, I don't know, who's the Greek god of wind? Is that a thing? I don't even know. But yes, but that much wind, like hurricane level wind to cause Sam Malcolm to miss. Um, are you Googling the Greek god of wind right now? I keep talking. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously like Sam Malcolm kind of missed. So obviously like we saw like the, the tactical kicking in this game from both from Malcolm um, from Lobster, from uh, Mac- from Saunders too on Utah, and uh, from Brody, anybody that was attempting like some tactical kicks, whether they box kicks, clearance kicks, whatever, um, kind of s- struggled sometimes. Like there was some where it's like, yeah, like um, you kind of you wanted to make sure the kick got to like the touch line, for example, so you sacrifice distance down the pitch just to make sure it got there because um, the ball's getting hung up a lot. And even some of like the line out throws were kind of going a little astray on both sides too. Uh, so that was kind of obviously an interesting like weather condition to play in. So, I mean, like the, the game obviously kind of got off, got off to a really great start um, for the Toronto arrows. Um, just 13, 13 minutes into the game, the scrum that like set piece there, the setup, like the Ronin Foley try off that set piece scrum. I don't think the arrows could have run that better in like on a training day where you tell the defense to not move. Yeah. Like it was just, yeah, like just flawless. It went, you know, the, the first run from, I think it's Richardson and then Brody with the quick ball out to Foley. Who's just kind of looping off from the scrum. And just basically goes in untouched, like no Utah, no Utah defenders anywhere near him. Not like the, I'm sure the Utah defense coach not going to be happy how fast that opened up. Um, but essentially flawless execution from the arrows. And I mean, like the first half for Toronto was I thought was really good. Like Utah didn't have a whole lot of try scoring opportunities. The defense was playing terrific, um, fully. Foley played phenomenal. It's the best game Foley's played. Well, he, he did win man of the match for his efforts this game. So makes sense. Yeah, because it was the best game he's played yeah. in an arrows uniform. Yeah, no, he, he played he played very well. I think uh the arrow I think uh arrow social media post was saying that he had 22 tackles, um, like seven mm-hmm. carries. Um, so solid game, led the team in tackles. 
a lot of those came, a lot of those, as I kind of mentioned earlier, were pretty big too, impactful tackles. But unfortunately, there's some big impactful tackles coming from the other side. And like I said, it's like I thought the arrows played really good defensively. And it's like the first half, the only try that the arrows allowed was a try in which Lance Williams had some great line speed. He hit Malcolm as Malcolm was throwing, was trying to pass the ball. So he hits Malcolm as he's releasing the ball, which causes a the ball to obviously not go to the intended target. And Cruz just kind of scoops it up. And I mean, this kind of Utah's MO, right? Like they're a big time counterattacking team with, uh, you know, Cruz, even though he's playing center in this game, Cruz and Teo, like this is what they do, right? They see loose balls. They see open gaps and opportunities and they jump at them. And, you know, so, but like be, that was really the only blemish of the half. And it's not even really a blemish. It's an unreal tackle from, from Williams. And I mean, like, once once Cruze and Teo have that ball, it's like there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, but I thought like overall the defense played. I thought overall the defense was phenomenal. There's so many guys watching this game that I was like, I thought played just excellent, especially like Tafuga was a monster. Um, yeah. He had so so many tackles, man. Uh, to be honest, the entire New Zealand contingent for the Arrows put in. Oh my, it's ri- it's ridiculous. Game. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Rob, as you kind of mentioned, so you had a uh, um, Robinson Bartlett coming in. Um, I guess did they say on the broadcast? I'm assuming Hood, based based on timing, like did he get hurt in warm up? Did they specifically say? So this was po- kind of it was posted week? on the Arrows social media that um, they had made a change, and it was a few hours before. Oh, was it so, a few hours before? From so the- it, may, it may have been from the captain's run. It may have been from okay. overnight. So, so obviously, it just went. Yeah. Okay. So e- either way, regardless of what the timing is, um, so obviously Hood's out, which kind of reshuffled the lineup a little bit because I put Richardson over to the wing, um, and Richardson played well on the wing too. Mm, that is true. Uh, like honestly, it's like this is one of those games where it's like you can look up and down every like all twenty three jerseys and be like, no one had a bad game. Um, like everyone, like that's why the arrows won. Everyone was great. Um, but then you. So you had Robinson Bart, but like Tofuga in the middle, um, making so many hits. Every time he touched the ball, he was breaking the game line. Um, you know, he was forcing Utah to make a ton of tackles. He had tackles where he was going all the way out wide to the wing to stop tries. Yeah. Um, like it, he was all over the pitch. His work rate was phenomenal. And, you know, uh, who else? You said, let's go run through the New Zealand guys. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll go through Robinson uh, Robinson Bartlett. So, obviously, first game, probably didn't know he was going to be starting until, you know, the last minute or, you know, just yeah. before the game was going to was about to take place, given the injury to Hood. Um, played amazing. Somehow got that star from Super Mario Bros. so that nobody could touch him on that one play. Um, yeah. Just, I, I do not understand physically how he did not get tackled on that play um you know we were upset about the um we were upset about, tackling last about, week. about that one try um that and now it's like reverse of fortunes yeah we were upset about that one try of uh new england's like yeah like there's a yeah man i'm I, I hope there's a there's a warriors podcast probably losing their mind on that one it's fun to be on the other end of it though that is um, true yeah. but uh yeah good for robinson bartley kept the legs pumping and Somehow made it through like four guys on top of him, scored that try. Um, he also like just in general, I thought played very well throughout the course of the game too. Um, obviously, Sam Malcolm, 
um, mm-hmm. just I, like every, every week he just is it's this more more and more impressive watching him play because um, he was he was insane on the, like, the defensive side of the ball too like that's the fact that it's like he's obviously one of the smaller guys on the pitch and literally will hit anybody yeah and like it and like make them feel it too not even necessarily like passive tackles and you know and he's really good at doing that he gets into the uh you know, gets into the the breakdown too. Is very good at the breakdown. Very like it's an unreal skill set for a fly half to have. And you know, being like, I think there was a game earlier this year. I think where he like led the team in tackles as a fly half, which is nuts too. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, and uh, you know, what I mean, like, and yeah, it's he's just so good. And then obviously, like you know, he can add that. That he adds that little extra too, with obviously his vision with ball in hand and his kicking ability, which as we mentioned or whatever, the wind was kind of you know wreaking some havoc on that this weekend. But you know when when push came to shove at the end of the game, right, and you have that opportunity to extend it to a three possession game, right? Malcolm stepped mm-hmm. up and nailed that kick when it mattered most. Um, it does though make Will Kelly's touchline conversion look. so so nice in comparison yeah, that, um, that he because he made, made that one look easy um i don't know man who else do we want to run through we had james O'Neill oh, some well I was, the, like, I was gonna say the final uh, new zealander that you didn't met um isaac salmon isaac salmon thank you oh yeah, yeah. He, he, he was fantastic he seemed to be like the movements of a back because he seemed to be everywhere where you needed a tackle he Dude, was phenomenal his offload to webster yeah yeah, like that was so good. Um, yeah, his offload. Yeah, to, to score that try, Webster too returning the favor to the uh, the offload to McRogers after, which was also yeah. really nice. Uh, yeah, Salmon. I agree with you 100 percent on Salmon. He was, I think, probably Salmon's best game of the year. Safe, safe to yeah. say. Would you agree? Uh, hang on. Best game of the year so far. So, well, I, I I don't have a crystal ball. Like I'm not picturing. It's like it's his best game of the year, but what's wait? Until game fourteen, yeah. No, as in, let's wait until all these yeah. guys come back to Toronto and they've got home field advantage, and then everyone's oh. eating uh, the sh- flashing stars from Super Mario. And <laughs> yeah, there we go. I was gonna say, is that something we should talk about? Can we talk about how Super Mario? Super Mario. We can talk about <laughs> Super Mario. You want to talk about Super Mario? We can no, let's talk about what you were actually gonna mention. I like. Oh, we can talk about Super Mario. How's the? Is there a new game coming out? New Nintendo. That, that's that, hang on, hang on, what. What were you actually going to talk about? All right. So, you know, I I feel like last week, kind of thinking back on some of the stuff we said, probably way too early to be all like, I guess, say your your Welsh pessimism to kind of show through. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, some elements of the game we didn't like, but it's like, I think. We, we should probably get back to more details of what happened in this game, but just because you, you kind of mentioned like kind of the future, like wait till these guys get home. And I like, I've been kind of thinking about that. And I think like, yeah, like you're absolutely right. Cause it's like, as far as we know right now, the Toronto arrows in Toronto is based on the data that we have at the moment is almost unbeatable. Yes. Right. Um, they went seven and oh, they've they're seven and sorry, seven and oh, seven and one in Toronto, including seven in a row. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like I think that's something that kind of looking at it right now, I know they kind of burned a technical home game losing to LA and BC, 
but they're still going to have seven home games left. And right now they're technically, technically three and two on the road. So right now they are, you know, they're above 500 on the road, above 500 playing on the road. So they're sitting at 500. They're above 500 on the road. Technically they have one technical home loss. Yeah. But I think like that is kind of part of, you know, kind of looking back at this season so far. And it's like, they've had what minimum nine guys on injury list every week. Yeah. Eight, nine, 10 guys every single week. Right. Um, Obviously there's a couple of really big ones, such as the Andrew Ferguson injury, which is going to keep him out for the whole year, but everybody else seems to be slowly working their way back. Yeah, going um, from month to month to week to week, to week to day to, week, to day. day to day. Yeah, we got Denon, we got Denon Robinson Bartlett back this time. Um, but like I think in general, though, like looking at this team, looking at the standings, looking at it right now, and you know, earlier in the se- before the season, we were like, this these guys are gonna be like a top two team in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that despite the fact that there's three five and one teams in the east yeah i looking take taking a minute to not just emotionally react to the fact that they lost or to not just emotionally react to the fact that there was a missed tackle or something else that you didn't like in the game that resulted in a loss you look at the what made the playoffs last year as far as a record goes and you pull up the 2021 standings in a in a season where only two teams from each conference were able to make the playoffs, right? 10 and six got into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. if you even go five, if, if you even go 500 on the road, right? Yeah. And then you can run the table at home on those seven games again. If that happens again, like they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I think you have such a, like, to me, I look at Nola, right? Who is, where's, where's Nola in the standings, right? They are fifth. In the right. So Nola's fifth at two and four, right? But you kind of look at their two and four, right? And it's like three of their losses are at home already. Four of their losses are at home? Yeah, the loss this week was at home. At home again, right? And it's like they're losing a lot at home to start the season. Whereas the arrows still have all their home games, right? And if they can do that again, right? And even if let's say, let's say hypothetically, they go four, four and four on the road, hypothetically, right? And then like, if you go four and four and then you win your, you win your seven home games, you're, oh, you know, whatever, 11 and you win the remaining seven home games and you'd be like, what, 11 and five, right? Or you say you even go six and one at home, you're 10 and six. Right. And it's like might be good enough to make the playoffs. Um, you kind of look at the the top of the East right now, and obviously there's three five and one teams, which is a bit of a gap. But then like Atlanta and New England are gonna play each other this week. So that's at yeah, least one five and two. That's a five and two team right right away. Yeah. Right. Uh Toronto plays New York this week. You win that game, you can make turn that into two five and two teams when you're sitting at um four and three. Right. Yeah. So the other thing with it, as we've mentioned, they have all their home games still to be played. Seven of their home games. Yeah. All the games that they're actually playing in Toronto still to be played. Yeah. And they've been doing this with like half their team. 
Yeah. Especially the backs. Of course. Like yeah. the back, the backs has just been like makeshift combination. So I think the arrows like ultimately, man, like I think I feel like they're in kind of, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Right now, despite, you know, I, I know well, like in 2020, yeah. we were all fired up about the four and one start and then we were running over teams. Yeah. Um, and they're maybe not running over teams right now. Um, but like they're playing pretty good. They're playing pretty good rugby. They probably, they could probably still step their game up and bring it up another notch, but like, yeah. it's, you know, it, there's a lot to kind of build on and be excited here. Um, yeah. back. Okay. So that being said, back to the actual, unless you have a, a thought on that. Well, this we is back. something to keep in mind to all our listeners and viewers is that after this game in round eight, which will be at Hoboken uh, JFK stadium with New York after that, Toronto only have two more away fixtures. Two more, now. yeah. That'll be April 23rd in Houston and May 28th at Silverbacks Park in Atlanta. So that's three games at home, one away, three games at home, one away, and then another game at home. And three of those fixtures that are at home are against teams that have yet to win a game in MLR. So that's two games against Old Glory DC. And one game against the Jets. Yeah, that's a big one too, man. Poor old Glory, man. They still don't have a table point. Oh my. Like, yeah, it. Like, poor guy. Like yeah. that's just. And we're not gonna. We're not gonna show them any mercy either. If if you haven't, if you, DC, if you haven't got a point by April 9th, don't expect another one to come. By <laughs> don't expect cause... a point after. Um. Yeah, well, that's the thing though too. It's like I mean, you know. I guess bounce of the schedule. They got three games against Old Glory DC. So um no disrespect Old Glory DC, but you you gotta take advantage of that. Um yeah. right. Um it, I think though like back at the game, um I thought anybody else impress you because I feel like we need to talk about Mike Shepard a little um, bit. I actually want to quickly touch upon uh the Warriors as well. I sure. think um uh I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, Cruze's trade from LA to Utah is the best thing that ever happened to his career so that he can mm-hmm. team up in the backs with Mikey Teo, as was proven for uh, Utah's first try of the game because um, it was the big hit by Lance Williams. Uh, Mika Cruze ended up with it, offloaded to Mikey Teo, straight under the post, easy seven-pointer, no problem. Um, Connor Burns had a fantastic game when after he came on in the 51st minute. Uh, Lauser um, was pretty good. Neil Saunders was as irritating as a scrum half can ever be, which is incredibly irritating. <laughs> but it's fine when our flat, it's fine when our scrum half does it. It's annoying when the opposition scrum half does it. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think it was a, I think it was Olive Khalifi who just had his wrong arm on the ball, um, which then forced a knock on at the end. But I, but I think Khalifi is still a fantastic player as well. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, it was a good showing uh, by the Warriors. I don't think any Warriors fans will have anything to be too concerned about because, you know, 2021, they were the comeback kings. And I did have a suspicion that that may come back again for this game but obviously uh Toronto were able to kick their defense into overdrive and were able to claim the ball at the end um 
force a knock on, then a turnover, and then kick it into touch. But that was sorry. That was actually one of the hilarious things about watching the game with my friends. There was yeah. uh, when Sam Malcolm hit that penalty. Um, uh, someone was like, one of my friends was just like, "Oh, so I guess uh, this game's pretty much over then." A like seventeen point lead with like twelve minutes left, and yeah. I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, I was like, yeah, it should be, but uh, this is Utah." <laughs> and then, uh, lo and behold, they uh, they uh, kind of they lived up to that. But uh, good thing the arrows, the arrows held out though. Yeah. Um, sorry, well, slight tangent, but uh, continue. I, I know, I know, but we obviously always come back to the arrows. Um, but yeah, I think if you're a Warriors fan. I wouldn't be too concerned with your team's performance. Obviously, they were able to get back within to a losing uh, bonus point range, and there were opportunities for them to have gotten the try bonus point. It just didn't come about, whether it would be um, Toronto's defense just kept the attack back long enough. Um, And then again, they will be hosting Houston next week, which... You know, Houston are currently third in the fourth. West? Uh, fourth in the- yeah. Okay, so so they're currently fourth in the West. So they're the same place in the table as the Arrows as well. And, you know, if Utah take away the lessons that they can from this game against Toronto, I can see them beating Houston at home uh, next week. Um, so back to now, let's focus back to the Arrows and uh, <laughs> Canadians because there was no Canadians in the Warriors, that's why they lost. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I mean, fair, sorry, Emerson. Uh, but yeah, uh, you, you want to talk about Shepard? I think that's perfectly fine to do. I think he had a, another fantastic game as long, yeah, I mean, and staying for the entire uh, 80 minutes as well. Yeah, I mean, just. Give give him the captaincy. He returns to like this rug rugby god again. Um, yeah, no, I, I've been loving Mike Shepard's game this year. Uh, he's obviously super involved, uh, great work rate and stuff. I still say like I remember like during you know the early days of COVID when the Euros were running that cl- the classics um, program where he said uh, you know his role in the lineout is to not be in it and like how mm-hmm. that's kind of slowly changed so f- um, so far this year. Um, but also like his like mall defense so far this season has been incredible. Um, there was a couple times in this game where like Utah, Utah tried to obviously, you know, run them, do a mall as every team does off the line out and just the different ways that like Shepard and obviously, you know, with help, but certainly with help from the rest of the arrows pack too, or, you know, seem to be every week they're like getting through the mall, being able to tie up the ball, right? Earning those, uh, you know, earning the turnovers, getting the change of possession, right? Um, they're they're doing a great job at that as a whole right now, and uh, Shepard's been a big big part of that. Obviously, too, like throughout the game too, he was just another guy that had a whole whole lot of tackles. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the work rate of a lot of the players, especially in the pack right now is, is, is pretty like off the wall right now. So it's, you know, it, it is, it is a great thing to, to see that they're all like seem to slow, like start to be kind of like clicking a lot. And, uh, that mall defense is, uh, especially like, you know, it, it got to the point in this game too, where like Utah in certain situations seem to stop even trying. 
yeah. balls. Like they would just, they were playing it right down to Saunders and Saunders would kick it out to the backs a lot quicker. Right. So, um, you know, if, if you can shut that down, because like at the end of the day, like the mall is still the way that most of the, the line out to the mall is still the way that most of the tries in this league are scored. And if you're able to stop that, like you're probably going to win a lot of games. Um, right. And, uh, you know, wins are going to come cause that's, you've taken away a big weapon that a lot of teams use, especially like you're kind of going into next week with New York. And I mean, like that's, uh, you know, obviously they've, they scored some flashy tries through the packs and stuff this year, but that's still kind of with, you know, who they have in their pack. That's still kind of their bread and butter a little bit. Right. So, mm. um, that'll be an interesting matchup to watch next week. Yeah, there's so many good arrows performances in this game. Nice to see McRod- McRogers two try- two tries in a row off uh, off the bench back to back. That's always great to see here. Um, the benches the bench has been doing well. Props to like Will Kelly as we said stepping up. Um, I think Malcolm Malcolm was getting some medical attention after that try. So uh, no, good for him to kind of step up and make probably the best kick of the game. Um, yeah. from both sides involved uh, and and I mean ends up being given what happened at the end of the game ends up being absolutely massive um, mm-hmm. considering you know the arrows gave up a penalty for being offside and in front of the post but Utah Utah elected to uh, you know go for a scrum and try to win the game as opposed to kicking for points and you know if Kelly doesn't hit that that touchline conversion right then that a kick from that area potentially wins the game. So, I mean, that's a, that was a huge, huge kick from Will Kelly, as we said, given the wind. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I think, I think some, uh, some fans online and stuff have been kind of hard on him this year. So um, great to see him come out and do something, you know, super clutch for this team. Yeah, that was a big absolutely. play from him. Um, so, and um, so, yeah, that was a big play for him. And, Oh man, uh, just I, I feel like this is one of those games where I'm just kind of like everybody played really well. Um, obviously, you know the the attack structure, you know, was working as we mentioned. The Foley try was like just textbook perfect. Um, I thought, you know, obviously, you know, kind of going down the wing, the forwards getting involved, even to the, like, and you know, the way they're able to kind of work through phases, spread the ball wide on like the Webster try and stuff was great too. Um, just Tafuga kind of Tafuga had so many runs that just kind of felt like they opened up more opportunities. Um, you, one of the Warriors players that you didn't mention that I thought played really well was Whiting. Um, who, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Calvin was Calvin Whiting who led the Warriors in tackles in this game. And a big reason why was because he played opposite of Tafuga. And yeah. that's, he had, he had to do his job and, you know, quite frankly, he actually did a pretty good job of it too. Um, yeah, you know, made a lot of tackles, but like, you know, the way like Tafuga, the way Tafuga ran the ball in this game just oh, I think opened up a lot of opportunities and stuff. Um, Ross Brody, I think, is you know, is becoming a great scrum half in this league. Um, he's able to get like quick ball out a lot. And, you know, he's good, like, tactically kicking as well. Um, So it's it's been nice to see, like, there's just – this is one of those games – like, I know – I don't really have any 
like there's nothing in this game that I like. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure the arrows coaches will probably look at it and dissect it and maybe find something, a thing or two that they didn't like. But, um, you know, I think f- f- from my point of view or whatever, like there was just so many things that kind of went right. It was nice to see the work rate coming in. Um, the tackling was excellent. Um, the scrum was earning penalties. Um, Sam, salmon, as you mentioned, salmon, amazing. Dude. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, have we, have we mentioned every player on this team at some point? Uh, Chilini, yeah. I'm, Chilini played great too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who haven't uh, we? Yeah. Mentioned? I think, we, yeah, I think, all, yeah. I think that's like a point to be made is that not only did every player play a great game, but the team as a whole played yeah. it was a good team well. game. Very yeah. fluid, very uh, communicative, able to get things yeah. going. Um, and even up until I'd say, uh, with the exception of those two tries, that was the only like gap in the defense that you can really say like that needs to be addressed because but you even know that like, but I even mean, then that was only for and annoyingly that was in quick succession, which is yeah, why like, you I highlight it. Those tries, though, I also think are like they are, were very, I guess how how to say it really, but they were very Utah tries. Um, that, that you know is, I mean? that's fair like, but at the same um, time like, I feel like there were opportunities during that game in which Utah had the opportunity to score tries that Toronto were able to shut down well there was that, there was that one um you mentioned burns too yeah. um was it Tafuga that came and came all the way across and just barely hit him in the touch yeah or whatever like that's a was yeah, it Tafuga or was it somebody else I I'm not a yeah, you think so too? Okay, that's why I, I, I think so. Oh, um, yeah. But it was like, either way, sorry to whoever it was. Great, yeah. Clay just got enough on him. Yeah, to uh, to, to force him into touch was I would save that try. Um, but like I think so that was a that's a great play. Just you know, game of game of uh, centimeters, right? Um, but uh, you know, kind of looking looking back at it, it's like the tries at the the end were kind of just like. You know, McKinney did a good job, I guess, of opening up that hole for Lobster to go through. Um, but like the second try is just there's, you know, the turnover and then. Right. So it's like the arrows attack is set up and then there's the turnover and it's just Utah's counterattack. And like when Utah smells blood or whatever, it does not take them very long. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, you know, that counterattack, the arrows defense never even had a chance to reset. Um, they, they like Utah didn't give them that opportunity, which is something that makes Utah so dangerous. And why I did kind of think it was funny that my friend thought the game was over with uh, as a 17 point lead with uh, 12 minutes left. They don't know. They don't know what yeah. we know. But hey, we are but, cursed with this knowledge of how good Utah are. But you know what? Though, can like, be in the final ten. Yeah, exactly. But you know what though? Too like at the end of the game. In all honesty, what so, so let's let's say once who got the second try? Burns had the second try, right? Um, in the second half, yeah, yeah, for Utah, right? Burns had the second one. Yes. Um, so say after Burns try or whatever, right? And it's like I actually liked what I saw from the arrows in that last three minutes. Like, I, like you know, um, there was, I mean, obviously, hey, like that that offside. Like, I mean, they gave up a penalty, but I mean. In a, in a situation where the other team needs a try, you know, yeah. uh, hockey hockey coaches kind of have a saying of a good penalty sometimes. And I mean, hey, you know what? Um, 
yeah, like you know they're not you know realistically they're probably not gonna kick for points and just leave with a tie. But um, I mean, I guess some teams might, but I feel like if a team honestly, I feel like if a team does try to just kick that and tie, you're probably not a very confident team. Um, if you just mm. but um well, well it's high risk, high reward. So if you but go it's for not the scrum that's the thing, and you get it's not the try, you're the hit. Well, that's the if you go for the scrum and you do it all well and you get the ball and you cross the line for a try you'll say oh well yeah it was no risk and we won the game and we got the try bonus point so it was fantastic but as what happened um they still got the scrum right and then they uh were forced to make a knock on and then you're and then you're saying like well why didn't you go for the kick why didn't you tie up the game because then the restart would have had you collecting the ball and then you could have gone again and you could have won by so many, but no. it, but that's the thing. Is it if you, it's all a game of like well, could have, should have, would have, and then you're just getting yeah, but lost. I yourself. think here's the thing though. It's like I think with that game though. So Utah's sitting on three tries. So if they score a try there and win, that's five standing points. Yeah, right? that that is literally yeah. what I just said. Yeah, but uh, but if you right if you kick that and tie it, it's two, right? Yeah, the game as it stood was one because they're losing by less than seven. So what you're really doing in that situation is you're wagering. You're only giving up one point in the standings for a chance at getting five. Yeah. Like that's all you do. Like it's actually, but but that's the thing is like, because that, that wasn't the scrum wasn't in the 80th minute. Was it? No, it was like the 70, 78th or something. 78th. Yeah. So you get the penalty, you have lobes that go up, kick between the posts you have time for the restart. Yeah, but the arrows get the pick, but the arrows can just walk that up too, right? Like they can. Yeah, but they still have to kick it. Yeah, you kick it way down in the end. You got make them, to make them go 100 meters for a try after. Yeah, but if you can go 100 meters for a try, ah, then, no. and, that's the th- and that's the thing We're, we've been talking about, like bonus points are going to mean something at the end of the uh, uh, season is that, Maybe if it's one point is the difference, and you that's instead it. went for that two points instead of Ooh, getting the one, that's the thing. But anyway, I anyway, this wasn't no, the only MLR. You play to win, right? You don't play to tie games. You play to win. Yeah, but that's, that's why you go. Man, you play to win the game. But that's the thing. That's what I mean. Yeah. As in, if you are going, if you get the penalty and you go again, then you go for the win. I don't then. think I'm not even sure if you would have had time to do it though um it's going to be a long march back up the field yeah um, either way or it, yeah that, that's, it, let's yeah. focus on that it's a arrows victory arrows <laughs> get the five points. i was gonna that's say that's what like, matters i was gonna say I like the arrows defense in like that last three minutes though yeah good defensive stand and they got another breakdown still they had a handful yeah. of those between o'neill shepherd and uh you know a couple other guys that were making their presence felt at the breakdown um, I feel like you know what actually we're sitting here kind of I feel like Lucas Rumble, you know, not a guy that we've talked about a whole lot on this podcast. Um, yeah, so far this episode. Um, you know, I think it's just another solid game from from him. And I mean, like yeah. consistent, uh, yeah, consistent. And uh I like it's just you know, I guess it's uh I don't know, maybe it's a good thing that it's like a whole bunch of other guys that maybe shined on this. Um uh, but like yeah, that's not to say like I think like like Rumble like didn't play poorly or anything. That's definitely not what I'm getting at. Um, but it's like yeah, no good team win and like certain guys really 
you know, certain guys really stuck out. I think even in like the first like couple minutes too, like James O'Neill had like two turnovers. Yeah. Or whatever. It's like the seven jersey is magic for the arrows. Yeah. Um, that's just like the, the it's got a the seven jersey has like a ball magnet or something in it, I think. Um, but yeah, no, great game from the arrows. Um looking forward to seeing seeing it next week. Um in New York. And I mean that's uh that's a huge game, I think, early in the season too, right? Like we kind of said that. We no, say we early in the season. It's round eight of eighteen. Round eight. We're nearly yeah. at the halfway stage. Almost so. halfway point. Yeah, that's true. Eh? Um, what's this? It's going to be the seventh. It's the seventh game. Okay, yeah, I guess it's close to half. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's it's going to be that's going to be a big game, right? The uh, yeah, you know, f- first game against uh, New York. Obviously, you got to um, you know, like I said, and it's like that could have a huge impact on the standings if the arrows win. Right, they'll be four and three, um, behind you know a whole bunch of like five and potentially behind at least two hopefully at least two five and two teams right so yeah you know it might take two round two rounds to get it done but you look at the arrows like next two weeks right you got rugby new york rugby atl yeah right so it's like rugby atl at home too yeah um proper home can we take the fire and ice cup back or does that have to no that has to be one in atlanta damn all right um but either way uh like you know what i mean so like you have the arrows right now have two massive games against two of the teams above them in the standings. Right. So, you know, big opportunity for the club coming up. Um, If they play like they did against Utah, hopefully to get some bodies back. Right. Um, But if they play like they did against Utah, then like, I think, um, you know, I think, I think we're going to be in some pretty good shape. I think like one thing is like, I don't know, like this, this game I think is, is positive for a lot of reasons. And, you know, not just the way the arrows played, but I think it's a, you know, it's a good sign for like the ultimate outlook on the season. Yeah. As, we're, as you said, it's like, we're kind of the, uh, I guess the home game against Atlanta, I guess that's going to be like the proper, like that's the halfway mark. That, of yeah. The season. Yeah. Round nine, the eighth, eighth game of the season. Yeah. So that's the proper halfway mark. So we're kind of encroaching on it. And I mean, I think, uh, I think after that game, we'll probably after that ATL game, we'll probably have a real good indication on, uh, you know, where everybody sits and uh, what's going to be needed to be done in the second half of the season to make the playoffs. Right. And yeah. You know, well, right. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't just the arrows and Utah playing this weekend. We're going to blast through. The that was other... the most important one. It was, and it was first. That's why we spent so long talking about it. Now we have to blast through the other games that happened this season. And First up, we have a bit of silverware happening on the West coast. It was Los Angeles versus San Diego for the Cali cup at the Coliseum. And I know we both picked San Diego coming into this game, but there's got to be some magic uh, in the Coliseum that just helps LA all the time because they just blew it away from, you know, pretty much the first quarter. Uh, Will Chambers getting a try in the 15th minute, i.e. getting one two minutes before halftime. Hanko Gurmish is getting one um, just at the start of the second half. And then, Fepolai getting one eight minutes before the end to get the try bonus point. Uh, but it wasn't all uh, LA. It was uh, San Diego as well. And who else but Canadian winger Kanaya Lloyd getting a try on the hour mark in 60 minutes. Uh, Peterson getting the conversion as well as uh, two penalties as well. And then two minutes later, Tian Lute gets a yellow card. So that sums up uh, <laughs> San Diego for you. Um, the final score, LA 26, San Diego 13. What did you make of Lloyd's try? <laughs> I loved it. 
I loved uh, after he got the ball and he had that break and he kind of, I can't remember which teammate it was. Uh, I think it was like, uh, you know, Moriani Lutz. I can't remember who it was. Um, and it's kind of a two on one thing. And he just kind of looks over to him and it was just like, nah, I'm keeping this. And then uh, <laughs> kept going. Uh, yeah. So that was a nice, nice try, man. Nice to see him. Uh, you know, I mean, kind of a bit of a long road back to MLR for him after uh, the, you know, the Toronto arrow season where, yeah. you know, he uh, didn't probably didn't get into as many games as he maybe would have liked, but um, you know, uh, in 2019 and then, you know, wasn't on the squad in 2020 or 2021 and you know yeah. he's, well, uh, he's away with the sevens yeah kind of the sevens at that point. and um you know he's uh is you know he's been he started a couple games now and uh you know obviously you know that that was a you know that was a great try you can kind of see the emotion on his face for that i i do love that i do love the slight selfish play there uh but hey no one's going to complain when it works so um yeah. Good, good, yeah, good for him, man. And also on the other side of the ball, I mean, got a shout out uh, or NIE getting his try, oldest player to score a try in uh, MLR history now. So, um, well, all, all he needs to do now is get like a drop goal or something, and they'll have the full house of being the oldest player to yeah, score. Yeah. Well, it's this. interesting too because they got Burton back and then they put yeah. him at center, right? Um, yeah, that it, it, that was a strange call. No, I found. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I mean, it worked out. If, well, if, I yeah, I mean, if it works, it works. So yeah, can't really. Well, that's the thing is, just like I feel like IE like IE through these games hasn't been playing poorly. No, or whatever. Like he's he's definitely like hanging in there, right? And you know, I mean, maybe he, you know, maybe it's really not ideal to have your coach playing fly half as your. I don't even know what they would be on now. What are they on? Their fourth, fifth, sixth option? However many. Burton's a good fly half too, if they choose to use them there. But um, obviously, you know, LA is kind of another team that I feel like, like in a way, could probably be like low key, sneaky, and dangerous if they, because it's like, like a dark horse. I wouldn't, like, well, I'm not going to call the defending champions a dark horse, but I mean, it's, uh, well, well they, they like the arrows have been severely handicapped through. Yeah. Injuries, like there's a lot of so. injuries there. And I think, that, I think they have a decent, chunk of home games to go in the second half of their season yeah i think this is the third or fourth home yeah game at this point so so like yeah yeah i'm not 100 well, i'm not 100 sure what the guillotine schedule looks like but yeah if they get so i mean they still don't have dth yet they still don't have ghetto yet um you know if uh if meeks gets hurt maybe adam ashley cooper starts playing <laughs> um we could uh who else do they have? Hey, hey, hey if, to, if Tom yeah. Brady can come back to NFL, then Ooh, Adam Ashley Cooper can come go. back to MLR. I was going to say, okay. can Corbisero come into the front row? Like, I, I think that may be a stretch too far. Oh, or not. That would or be... not. We never we never know what's going to happen in MLR. I was going to say that. Not be... Sue says. What, what, yeah. You know what? Keep watching and you'll find out. <laughs> okay, the next game up was down in Texas with another... Um, Gilchrist's own team. It was the Austin Gilgronies and the New England Free Jacks. Um, again, talking about teams that are like coming straight off the blocks, uh, New England get a try from Dougie Fife within the first 10 minutes. Um, Mark O'Keefe um, scores for Austin. Uh, and then Balakana scores just before half time for New England. And then New England stretch their lead. Uh, sorry, Austin get up to 17 points. New England then stretch the lead again. And then with about, what was it, like three minutes or left to go? 
Um, yes, there's a bit times. of controversy of Austin believed that they had scored a try, which had brought them to 22 points with a conversion still to come. However, the referee and TMO um, ruled that Peterson was offside at the ruck before picking the ball up, uh, which is a bit of a stretch because you could say that no New England player was involved, so it wasn't technically a ruck. However, if it was declared a ruck by the referee, then um, Peterson not only was offside when picking up the ball, but was offside in the ruck as well. So it's, I am uh, so happy that I didn't show my friends this game, so I didn't have to explain that rule. <laughs> I, I was just like, yeah, but, um, yeah, I, it's interesting. I mean, I think it kind of reminds me, it really reminded me of that James O'Neill try that got called back against DC. Yeah. Um, and whilst Cole Keith's exact carbon copy was, uh, yeah, and like Cole Keith was able to do it. Yeah, exactly. That was, that's fascinating. Um, who, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I don't, I think, I think, I feel like O'Neill. O'Neill's try probably should have counted. I feel like this one maybe should have counted, but you're saying it maybe shouldn't have. And that's the if the referee called it as a ruck. Yeah, that's the, that's the part. A ruck. That's the part of the debate, and, and right? that's and that well, ends the debate right there. And yeah. There. So it's like if the ref calls the ruck, which I'm assuming he did, right? That means that that's the correct call. But then the debate is whether or not that should have been considered a ruck. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, the thing is that a player got tackled, and then two Austin players. Um, from their half of the rock over, yeah, but you still need another team, and yeah, and, yeah as, and so, but then again, it's in it is down to referee interpretation a lot of these yeah. rules because it then would have been a case of like, oh, why would a New England player um, get involved because they're already forming their defensive line, yeah. or the player that would have been it had been was the tackler. Either way, the call had been made. The um, the try didn't stand. The final score, New England 25, Austin 17. And, you know, we had a bit of a change of um, starting lineup. For example, first of all, no Canadians in Austin, so we don't need to talk about No that. Canadians in Austin, but, they keep, but the Rugby Network keep uses, keeps using Cole Davis in their advertisements. So we're there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Regal O'Gorman did the full 80. Um Joe Johnson stepped in as captain instead of um, Josh Larson, who yeah, came in at number eight um, for the final 20 minutes or so. Uh, but even like Bowden Walker, who is like the vice captain, was only uh, replaced Harrison Boyle after uh, 50 minutes. Um, and uh, Foster DeWitt also came on at the same time, so for the final 30 minutes as well. So, you know, congratulations. Um, well done, O'Gorman, because normally he's the bench player, and now this time he was a starting player. Yeah, um, it was an interesting lineup from uh, New England going into a game with the uh, the best or yeah, the that, top team in the Western Conference. That, that was somewhat confusing when it first yeah. came out, and it was like, did someone little, switch the bench with the starting yeah. 15? But yeah, uh, a, little, a little bit of a, like, uh, you know, interesting player usage, but I mean, Hey, they, they got the win and they probably got a couple of their starters are going to be a, maybe a little bit fresher next week too. Yeah. Okay. Following up from that, we stay in Texas as it was the Jackals versus the Seawolves. Now I know that I picked the, uh, I picked uh, Dallas to win this I did game too, because they gave me a hat. 
Yeah. And then comes the red card for Matt Frings for punching. And then it's like, well, if we knew he was going to do that, <laughs> we wouldn't have picked him. But uh, no, in all honesty, it seemed as though um, Seattle were in control right from the start. I mean, Smith's okay. try from the intercept within like the first two minutes kind of set the tone. Um, yeah, Seattle is yeah. just a dominant yeah. 80 minutes. So, I mean, um, I mean, the one real bright spot for Dallas right now is definitely Eric Naposki out on the wing. Like he's seems to uh, every game kind of find some way to, you know, yeah. ma- make his way across the, uh, across the try line and, you know, score. So it's, you know, that that's definitely been a bright spot. And I mean, you know, the, the, at least, at least, I guess it didn't happen in this game, but at least they're picking up some standing points. Yeah. Able points at some point. Um, hopefully they get some guys like Mo back from uh, from their injuries and stuff too. So yeah, um, you know they're they're not necessary, but I mean they they made some pickups and stuff this week as well. So I mean, definitely the team's still kind of building, but um, you know they they look like they're do it's it's interesting kind of like I mean just line up looking at the team they look like they're doing some right stuff. Like I mean their stadium looks really nice. It's nice that they look like you know it's like a seem it's like a proper rugby pitch that actually they made actually work really well in that baseball field. Um, yeah. I was like, that's doing well. And I mean, um, they're, they're, they seem to be doing some good things like off the pitch or whatever. And then it's a, uh, you know, tough times for the expand, you know, expansion team. Now I think yeah, uh, it's, it's clear that it's clear from this season that the, you know, the days of like Toronto and New York showing up and instantly making the playoffs or like LA showing up and winning a championship, even rugby ATL, technically not an expansion team last year, but it was their first full season. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? They got all the way to the, you know, the, the final as well. Right. So it's like, yeah, but I feel like the, uh, the days of expansion teams kind of showing up and doing really well might be, might be done this, yeah. with the Dallas Jackals. Yeah. And unfortunately on the, uh, the wrong end of it this year, but does Dallas play Old Glory this year? That'll be yes, fun. they do. They do. Oh, yeah. Must watch that, TV. That will be. I uh, just wanted to quickly mention again. Dallas had. What is it with Texan teams and not picking Canadians? But uh, yeah, well, Dallas. Dallas and most. I mean, they're, most they're hurt. Main, yeah, most hurt. But there's also they've also got other Canadians on the squad. Yeah, anyway, um, Seattle, uh, Nakai Penny did the full 80, again, consistent, doing the work. You know, it was going to be a real uh, tough choice for uh, selectors when it comes to picking the Canadian back row. Um, Reed Watkins only came in for the final two minutes of the game, so not really that much to talk about. Um, and yeah, but yeah, obviously, you know, uh, job done by Seattle as they move on to face the... LA Giltinis next week. Uh, speaking of opposition next week, it was New York versus uh, NOLA at the goldmine. We did uh, mention this game earlier. Um, yeah, fantastic result for New York. Again, who else but Andrew Coe scoring the first try for New York in the second minute. Um, uh, another try by Tuilomo in the 15th minute. And then Emery in the 34th minute. Uh, Nola did get a penalty try and um, Captain Nate Brakeley did get a yellow card at the 18th minute um, as a result. So, you know, there are some cracks in New York that can be capitalized as Nola clearly proved. But, yeah. um, 
even then, of their three tries scored in the second half, New York scored first by uh, Tucker to give them the try bonus point. And then it was Feeks and Devin Short getting two tries to save face for Nola. Final score, uh, Nola 19, New York 30. So. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, you know, Koha, Koha again had a really good game. Um, he obviously scored that try 90 seconds in. He had a nice little interception on later on too. The last game of the week um, is Rugby ATL versus Old Glory DC, in which Rugby ATL looked like the best team in the Eastern Conference playing Old Glory DC, the worst team in the Eastern Conference. And the game basically went about how you would picture that. So yeah. back to the most important question that should be on all of our minds right now. Who has more tries next week, Cole or Webster? Oh, <laughs> when you put it like that. Yeah, um, I know, right? So it's like, yeah, we got the uh, the two high-flying Canadian yeah. wingers that seem to be uh, picking up a – seem to be competing almost for uh, yeah. the highlight the highlight real tries of the week. Also, shout out to uh, Lloyd. Every every Canadian winger just seems to be scoring tries right now. Yeah, well, this is it. Because um, Webster's contract was a short-term contract for six weeks, so this will be Webster's – if he gets selected, final um, arrows game for the time being before he returns to oh, is um, it? Oh, playing with <laughs> before. Uh, well, he's playing for Rugby Canada and he's looking for qualification for the Rugby Sevens World Cup in September, um, which will take place in the Bahamas at the end of April. So, damn, yeah. So th- it's going to be a really intense. Uh, April month for him, uh, going to Singapore, then to Vancouver, and then to the Bahamas. Although, if you're ending in the Bahamas, it can't be the worst thing in the world. Um, but you know, if it is a final week with uh Toronto for this season, then I'm sure he'll want to have a good send off and score, you know, maybe score a hat trick of tries. Maybe Brock, please. So, you're saying you're calling Brock Webster hat trick? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's. I'm being a realist, you know, no Arrows player has scored uh, multiple tries in a game as of yet, but in the same sense of you wait for a bus and then three come along at once, it's like, oh, you're waiting for one player to score two tries, and then one player decides to score three instead. And if uh, Brock Webster wants to be that guy, then, you know, all power to him. I'm not going to... So so, so is three going to be more or less than Cole? Because that uh, my question no. wasn't how many would they score. My question was who would have more. No, I think Co will score the first try, but I think Co that will also be his only try as well. Oh, so you're saying you're going to say Co gets the first try of the game, and then Webster? No, I say Co gets the first try for New York. For New York, because New York are going to score more than one try. Who score? All right, we got to get uh, the cool cool bet people on this. Let's do some like yeah. prop betting. Who scores first, Webster or Co? Okay, we can decide that later. I'm going to say that uh, Co score, scores first, but Webster scores more. Oh, all right. I like it. I'll take that one. I'll take yeah. that one. Okay. Well, if you're looking to watch any rugby this week, well, we have got all the places you can watch it. Uh, the men's Six Nations may be over, but the women's Six Nations kicks off this week and is also on the zone. Uh, the Premiership and URC games that will be returning now after the conclusion of the men's Six Nations will be available on Sportsnet. If you're looking for some Super Rugby action, Super Rugby Pacific will be on TSN. 
And if you're looking for Japan League One, because, you know, you like waking up at one in the morning to watch rugby matches, as well as any of the other non-Arrows MLR games, they will be shown on the Rugby Network. If you And if you cannot make it to New York to watch the game, well, you can always watch Arrows versus New York this Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the TSN.ca website and the TSN app. Okay, Derek, we are now have to make our predictions for round eight of Major League Rugby. Up first, we have DC versus Nola at Segra Field. Who have you I got? only heard the first half of what you said, but I'm just going to say the team that's not DC. So Nola Gold. Sounds good to me. I'm going to have to agree, you know, DC still yet to even score a point. So I will go with Nola as well. The second game this weekend will be the big clash of the top teams in the East. It's Atlanta versus New England at Silverbacks Park. So this is, this is a tough one. This is a tough This it's is a one where one. you feel like. Yeah. You know, you know that you're saying like, oh, you're going to pick a draw. This seems like the game that will probably the game be a draw. To pick a draw, yeah. Yeah. Like 28-28. Do we think there's going to be... Everyone gets a try bonus. I was going to say, do we think Um, there's going to be that many tries in this game, though? I feel like this game's going to be tight. Yeah, I I have a feeling this is probably going to be like 6-7 or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 3-0. I am going to go with Atlanta just because they're the home team. See, that was good. I, I completely agree with your logic. But because this game is so tight, just to be different than you, I'm going to pick New England. That is 100% fair. Okay, the third game we have is Seattle hosting Los Angeles. Derek, who are you picking? Um, I'm going to pick LA. Just because. No logic. No logic at all. LA. Well, well L- L- LA do have experience of winning games in the Pacific Northwest. So that would be Santa Based on last year, LA has experience on winning games everywhere. That is true. I mean, this season, especially. Oh, uh, oh they, right. Because they played in Langford. There we go. Right. Fi- the final piece of the puzzle falls into place. Um, however, a team that also has experience winning in the Pacific Northwest this season is Seattle. <laughs> and. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, this this feels like a game where I feel it could go either way. I think um, LA have been able to string uh, things together after their consecutive losses, as they showed against San Diego. But I think Seattle at home, home crowd atmosphere at, Star, at uh, Starfire Stadium. You know what? I'm going to go with Seattle. Okay, we have another Western Conference clash. It is Utah versus Houston in Utah. Is La CK back? We don't know, man. Come on. We, we know we do this without looking at any of the team lists. I don't. They, they said late March, though, and I'm thinking this is the last late March game that you can play, right? So that stands to reason that he yeah. should be in it. Yeah, I'll go. Paul Lasique will win this game if he plays. So you, I guess I'm going to pick Utah. I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I think <laughs> uh, I think Utah, especially, um, you know, like I said, 
as long as they learn the mistakes they made from the Toronto game, I think they'll be able to uh, string it together and get the win over I Houston. Think, I mean, so like, I'll, I was going to say, like, what would you do? Like, if you go, like, Saunders, like, Mac, McAnee's been playing well. And then you could go, like, I guess, what, Whiting, Lasique in the middle, Cruze, Teo, and Lobster, like, in on the back three there. That's uh, that probably work. Yeah, I was just, that's scary, man. That could be good. That'll be, uh, I hope, I hope we see something like that. I hope he's back in the league soon, man. It feels like it was, it feels like it's been like months since he announced that he was coming over. Yeah. Okay. At least, like, uh, at least, uh, on LA, Joe Tuafetti, at least he, at least Joe Tuafetti, like, announced, like signed and then immediately signed and then played. Yeah. That was great. All um, right. Anyway, final game we have of the week, it's, I believe it's the only Sunday fixture, is New is. York versus Toronto. Derek, do I even need to ask? Oh, you know we're picking Toronto. You know we're, yeah, picking, Toronto. we're picking Toronto. Um, yeah, exactly. We, we're picking Toronto. Uh, I think I'll agree with you. Web, Web, let's say Webster has more tries than Co. But I, uh, I'll even go with that. Webster's going to have more tries than Co. Um, we'll, we'll add that one in to, into the mix, too. Um. Yeah, you know. Can't, yes, add it on. Add it on. We'll call it like a bonus thing. We did the bonus last week. I was a lot closer with my Atlanta plus twelve. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Do the was bonus. It finally, in uh, plus fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, plus uh, fourteen. They won by fourteen. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty close with my plus twelve. Um. But uh, yeah. So why not? Why not? Why not? We'll just say that. Um. Oh, Stu, I see what you're writing there. You're saying you're calling Webster hat trick. Yeah, because uh, oh, wow. saying, yeah, if, if Webster wants to score a hat trick, this is the game to do so. Yeah, I also said this is this is one of those games where it's like yeah, Bowden Walker can score a hat trick in Hoboken, and so can Brock Webster. Yeah, let's. I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm excited for this one, man. I think uh, New New York and Toronto will always play some really entertaining matches. They always seem to. You know the the one in, they always seem to kind of come right down to the wire and. You know, hey, I, I don't know that uh, game against uh, New York last year in New in New Jersey when they played in New Jersey, where it was sort of like fifty three. Oh, like right, right. That, that, but that, but that's the exception. Yeah, well, if that happens, Cole Webster's definitely having more tries than Cole. If that happens, um, actually, if that happens, James O'Neill probably has more tries than Cole in this game. If that, if yeah. they go, uh, they put up that kind of performance again. All right. Man, you know what? Good, good. Uh, that's a good shout, though. That's one of the best games the Arrows have probably played. Um, yeah, that did not go down to the wire. Um, no, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. So I do enjoy the. Oh, I seem to enjoy Arrows uh, New York games. Well, those are our picks. But if you're looking for the Toonies picks, you can find that on our new TikTok channel at the Rouge Rugby. In fact, if you want to follow us on any social media platform, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the aforementioned TikTok, you can find us there, all of them at Rouge Rugby. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the podcast, you can listen to more either on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, or you can watch us on our YouTube channel, again, all at the Rouge Rugby. And if you are watching us, you'll notice that down below our beautiful faces, we have our social media handles but if you're listening you obviously can't see that so derek where can the fine people find you yeah i'm at Brissette the jet on uh, every social media platform that you could possibly think of that might not be true but i'm going with it fair enough 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hardman, spelled H4RDMAN. Well, Derek, thank you for joining me, and thanks to you for joining us for another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. We hope you can join us again next time. I'm going to laugh when Webster or Co. has zero tries next week. That is exactly what's going to happen. Next.